All right, turn to your Bible to Hebrews chapter four. We're talking tonight about the rest that God can give. Sometimes when we get weary, the best thing a Christian can do is to take a nap. Sometimes it helps restore us. Matter of fact, there was a time in Elijah's life when he was very depressed, discouraged, he ran for his life. Jezebel threatened to kill him. And God said, Elijah, take a little rest. He slept a little while and then God fed him. Then God said, now rest again. That's very, very important when we're weary. And so the writer of Hebrews is talking about that eternal rest that is available to believers right now. Turn your Bible to Hebrews 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the rest is available, but unless our understanding of the gospel be applied with faith, we'll not go into it. It'll not be available to us. So everything in the scripture reminds us that this, is, this comes about by faith. Faith is the eternal blessing. In the kids' crusade, Brother Ed taught us the little song, O-B-E-D-I-N-C-E. The very best way to prove that I believe is to obey. And one of the best ways to recognize that others have faith is by our actions, by our obedience. So he says, let's be careful and when he says, let's therefore fear, the idea is that let's be careful lest we've heard the gospel but have not mixed it with faith and believed. Then the second thing, verse three, for we which have believed do enter into his rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter to my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. This rest is available now. We can rest in Christ right now and be assured that his promises are real to us. Look at verse, verse eight. Your text says in the, in the English, if Jesus had given them that rest, they would not afterward have spoken another, of another day. The word therefore Jesus is the same as the word for Joshua. And probably a better translation would be Joshua. Jesus and Joshua are translations from the same word which means deliverer. And the point is, if Joshua had given them that rest, they would not have after, otherwise, they would not afterward have spoken another day. So Joshua could not give them that rest, though they entered the promised land, there was a battle. And they were battling all the time, even through Joshua's lifetime until he died. They were battling to overcome the enemy. That's true of our lives today. We have an enemy. Satan's like a roaring lion seeking whom may devour. He wants to destroy us. 
He wants to hurt us. He wants to defeat us. He wants to discourage us. And if we let him, he'll do it. He does a good job of it. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But notice down in uh, verse 9, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That rest is spoken of as heaven. There is a rest for the people of God. He that has entered into his rest, he hath also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the example of unbelief. Then he says, faith in the word of God brings that rest. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Therefore, is there, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And what he's saying is the word of God is so powerful. The word quick means alive. It is a living word. It is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pits into the dividing of the sunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints of the marrow. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit. It digs down into our lives and brings apart the soul and the spirit. Now the soul is our self-consciousness. Animals have a soul, but animals do not have the spirit. The spirit is the area of our life where there's a God consciousness. To a dog or a horse or a sow, we're God to them. That's the reason they run. Birds, we're God to birds. And they run when they see us. Uh, a dog can be uh, uh, nurtured and made to be a, dog, a, a domestic a creature in our home, sometimes part of the family. But we're still God to that dog. But nobody can be God to another person. That's idolatry. Only the Lord God is God to an individual. And the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When we hide the word of God in our hearts, we have something of God inside of us that leads us to know how to respond and what to do and how to follow the Lord. The way to become biblical in our behavior is to hide the word of God in our hearts. Follow the word of God, read the word of God, let the word of God dwell in us richly. And then beginning in verse 14, he says, the high priest assures us of that rest. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession of faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are with, yet without sin. So our high priest is one who identifies with us. That high priest is Jesus himself. And when we know him and love him and serve him and get in touch with him and pray to him and let him live his life through us, 
then he knows the infirmities we have, he knows the problems we have, he knows the temptations we have, and he'll help us. He will be our succourer in times of deep need. In verse 16, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we have a boldness, not an audacity, we have a boldness when we come to the Lord. That boldness simply brings us face to face with the King of Heaven. And we can accomplish all things through Him. God is able. He's able to secure them that come to Him. He's able to comfort those that come to Him. He's able to help us. He is the enabler in our lives. And when we allow Jesus to be king in our lives, dwell in our lives richly, then he guides us from the inside. There's a sense in which a believer who walks with Christ and lives with Christ and lets Jesus dwell in his heart doesn't need a teacher. The Holy Spirit teaches us from the inside. You know, very important passage in Titus chapter 2, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. When you receive Christ as your Savior, He teaches you from the inside. And when we do not have that teaching from the inside, the question is, are we really saved? For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live righteously and godly and soberly in this present world, looking for the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who teaches us. And that's what this is talking about. Let us come boldly before the Lord. Let us therefore come boldly before the Lord, the throne of his grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Who of us does not have a need? So that rest is available here and it prepares us for the rest there. O day of rest and gladness, we have a wonderful promise that one day we'll be at home with him. And we can serve him here in light of the fact that we're citizens of heaven. We're his and he is ours forever and forever. Now the question is, are you sure he's in your life? We're gonna sing a song tonight. For you I am praying. I have a savior, he's pleading in glory. A dear loving savior, though earth's friends be few. Page 158 in our songbook. Let's turn there and listen to these words a moment. Let's all stand. <clears throat> I have a savior, he's pleading in glory. A dear loving savior, though earth's friends be few. And when we let Jesus have full sway in our lives. We have a king that lives inside of us. He can direct our paths and he can lead us to have concern and, and uh, compassion for other people. Isn't it wonderful when you go out of church tonight and you meet people along the way? We need to think, where are they gonna spend eternity? In this room tonight, where's the person standing next to you going to spend eternity? If we thought more of that, 
we probably wouldn't chew chewing gum in church. Probably wouldn't be writing notes. We'd be thinking, Lord, where is this person next to me going to spend eternity? And one of these days, I'm going to eternity. It could be today. Someone in this room may go into heaven tonight. Wouldn't that be something? It's not something we dread. It's something we look forward to. But let's stay here as long as we can and do what we can to win others and people to Christ. Marcus, come and lead us in that song. And as we sing it, if God has spoken to your heart about any matter, you may need to come and pray, do what God says to do. But let's ask God to use us to be concerned about others. It says, I have a Savior. He's pleading in glory. A dear loving Savior, though earth's friends be few. Let's pray for others. Brother Marcus, lead us, will you? Uh...